Hello, book lovers, dear listeners. Welcome to the Little Pages League with me, Shanda Montaigne. This is the podcast where we meet with children's book authors. Now let's dive in backstage into the magic of storytelling. Hello. Hello. Hi, everyone. Nice to meet you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of you. How are you all? Alicia, you are joining us from Toronto, am I right? This is right. So how is the day in Toronto? It's nice, bright and sunny. It's going to be a little cool. We have crazy weather. Like two days ago was 30 plus. And yesterday was 19, so I don't know what's going to be like outside, but at least it's sunny. Very good. What about for you, Sarah? Thanks. So once bright and sunny, it's it's going to rain tomorrow again. And it's been raining every day for months. Months? Really? Yeah. (laughs) It's been really bad. (laughs) Where about sunny? Sweden. Sweden. Oh, Okay. Are you in your big house? Because everywhere I see you, I see this thing about you live in a big house. Oh, yeah. I need to change that because I got divorced. Oh. (laughs) So I'm in my apartment. (laughs) Okay. So you actually moved house. I moved. Yes. Okay. Are you all right then? Yes. I got my bookcase. Okay. That's all you wanted. <laughs> That's all I wanted. <laughs> Excellent. What about nighttime in Australia? It's good. It's a bit hot, but it is good. Ready for a good day on Sunday and then back in action on Monday. Are you doing any, anything special on Sunday? At the moment, I'm studying cybersecurity. So I have a test tomorrow. So I, was meet, I have a tutor. So I was studying with him today. Tomorrow, I'll hopefully be doing my test and getting that over and done with. So, Grace, cybersecurity. I'm so early in my studies. I feel like with everything, one thing that I've learned is that lots of things start off with a really great idea and then it ends up being used for everyone turning out really awfully. But that's pretty much the same with anything. I can't think of one thing at the moment that that hasn't had that journey. Even children at school. Because they can literally just ask it whatever they need to ask it and then it will do whatever they need it to do. So they don't need to learn how to do their homework anymore. They don't even need to do math problems or anything like that. However, that may mean that society needs to change the way that we think and the way that we function because the skills that were needed 10 years ago might not be needed in 10 years' time because AI is doing it for us. Yes, that is a concern. I am Montessori trained and it is a lovely way of being with children. You do everything for them by hand. And I love that, but it's getting so pervasive that I don't know. Do you use pro writing aid to correct your drafts? No, I'm not. I do because my first language is Portuguese. Using Grammarly? Is that what you mean? Yes, any of those, it's supercharged with AI. And yeah, I wouldn't be able to be coherent without it. (laughs) I have good news for you because I have come across this chap. His name is Ben Goertzel and you can find him everywhere. I think his company is called Singularity Net. And he was the first person that I heard talking about these dangers, about the AI that we have now being trained by the military and gambling and all of these things and that the result cannot be good. And his company is dedicated to change that, basically. They are working on programs like ChatGPT does not think like a human. So they are working on ways to show the AI how a human actually thinks and doing all these things. And he's been working on it for 30 years. So... A lot of people have been doing very good work. You cannot stop it now. It's out in the world. But there there is plenty, plenty of people doing very good work. So I'm basically just trying to keep an eye on what they're doing and go their way. That's all I can do, really, 
because I can't contribute. I'm not a programmer or anything like that, but I, I can choose what to use. And I have closed my ChatGPT account. Oh. Yeah. And, but the thing you were saying, Grace, about schools in 10 years time, that maybe some of them won't be needed. What do you see in that front? Okay. So at the moment, if I had a calculation, most of us, unless you're really good at maths or you really learned maths at school, potentially wouldn't be able to do it without a calculator. Mm -hmm. And so on one hand, calculators have helped us advance and there's so many things that we could do now that we couldn't do before. But on, on the other hand, I do wonder if technology sometimes makes us dumber because we're so reliant on it that we don't learn how to do the basics ourselves. And ChatGBT, they've tested it. It was able to do a whole physics exam, mm -hmm. like a NASA approved. It can do so many different things. And if you no longer need to think, then in one sense, it could stop our creativity. For example, people are using it to write their stories. Mm -hmm. And it's great that it can pop out a story in 30 minutes max. But then if we don't learn how to write or think creatively for ourselves, then our ability to communicate reclines. But in, and instead of doing that, we focus more on how to adapt to software and master software techniques. And both of them are good skills, but then... Where is the balance? Because mm, I guess at the moment I value more knowing how to write or knowing how to form sentences and things like that. Whereas in 20 years' time, uh, even, for example, cell phones, knowing how to do all these things on a cell phone, that is more prized than writing a letter to someone. Mm -hmm. So society's changed with that. But yeah. Anyway, about the promotion, how's everyone feeling about that? Yes. How is everyone feeling about this promotion? Uh, it's so awesome. I'm so excited. So a group of us got together to do a promotion for the starting of school, isn't it? And what we're offering is really cute. There will be five books. It's five authors gathering together. And we'll all offer one book. And then there is a special prize, isn't it? That we're not telling what it is just yet. And Alicia, you are both an author and an illustrator. Talk to us a, a little bit about how does your process work? Because you obviously do everything. Right. <laughs> so... The first thing I do is write the story, not like you would write the story for a picture book because that is very concise, but I, I write a lot. For example, I just finished now the, the third book of the Boku series. So I started with about 5,000 words. Now the final thing is 1,400, something like that. So it's much smaller. But then a lot of those things that I thought that then I wrote are things that will be incorporated in the illustration. Mm -hmm. So actually I write longer in purpose because I picture the whole thing. And then I make the whatever is not really necessary on the writing, I, I use it in the illustration. So now that I have the writing more or less set, now I'm going to start working on the illustrations. So that's more or less how I work. And so I'm going to send it around and I'll make changes. And so once I have the final thing ready to send to the editor, then I will start working illustrations. And the illustrations, I use CorelDRAW. I don't know whether you are familiar with it. It's a vector program similar to Illustrator. And, uh, and it's fun. It's been fun. So that means if you use a vector program, tell me if I'm wrong, but that's the idea I have. It means that you can blow your pictures up to the size of a building or the size of the earth, right? Absolutely. I don't know when it would go that big, but yes. That would be fantastic. Yeah, it doesn't lose the resolution. That's the good thing. And uh -huh. some small elements you can, it's troublesome because you are drawing with a mouse. So it's, I use the busier curves, like it's very time consuming basically, but, but also you can reuse some things and it makes it easy on the other side. No. 
Okay, but so it takes you a lot longer to do the illustrations than it does to write the story. Absolutely. The illustrations, for example, for a 24 pages book, it would take me about three months, perhaps, of work. Mm -hmm. Whereas writing the story in, in a month, month and a half, I could have something. Okay. What about you, Sarah? Tell us about your process. Uh, my second book I wrote in 45 minutes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's awesome. The first book took me eight years. Eight years, wow. <laughs> wow. So the span of me getting something done is just crazy. <laughs> but tell me, for you to be able to do that in 45 minutes, you spend months thinking about this and that and the details, uh, no? Inspiration, total inspiration. Inspiration, and I based it on the first book. I was like, I knew wow. what I was going for, and I had it laid out for me. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll base it on the first book because I need to stick to the series. We all have series, do we? We do. Uh, I don't really have a series. I have a book that's from a six to eight-year-old and then from eight to ten-year-old. So I guess it could be a series. But because my books are activity books, it doesn't feel like a series. They are meant to progress like that. But I don't think of it as a I got one of them and I thought it was really humorous. When you say, I think both parents and children are going to love it because I was like, all tickled when you said something like, <laughs> oh, this is the disgusting part, so beware. <laughs> and I thought, oh, so sweet. What a sweet way to introduce us to a, a messy time that you can go and have fun. But yeah, I think parents will love that. Mm, thanks. So me and Alicia are concerned with the environment. And then Sarah, your daughter was a fussy eater, was she? Yes, she was. And she's the inspiration for your book? Yeah, for my books. So oh. for all of them, of course. Yeah, I'm more on the go up here. <laughs> uh -huh. How old is she? She's 18 now. He's grown up. I'm grown up. Yeah. Wait, you only look 18 yourself. How is that possible? <laughs> no, I'm 40. Really? <laughs> Wow, I definitely would not have thought that at all. It's a blurred picture. You look 16 to me. Wow. Well, thank you. So you're welcome. Very beautiful girls I have with me today. I'll have, you probably won't see it because I'm just doing, releasing the audio for now. But yeah, so you became a mum very young. Yeah, I was 23. Wow. Yeah, I knew I wanted to be a mother. And when I put my mind on something... I'm just like, I wanted it yesterday. <laughs> Wonderful. That's really uh, unusual, isn't it? Wanted children because most of the people I know, excluding my sister, are not want wanted children. They're always accidents. That's okay. So that yes, absolutely. I think everyone okay. has to choose. But mm -hmm. for me, having children was the right thing. My daughter wants to have... Uh, kids around my age. She wants to have five, six children. And I think 23 is pretty normal. Like 23 to 28 is normal. I guess 23 to yeah. 45 is mm. generally the age that people have children. Yeah, here is 31. The average time. Okay. In Sweden? Yeah, in Sweden. Okay. Yeah. So we get children quite late and then it's a lot of people that have to do EV treatment because they can't get pregnant one mm. of those things that we have difficulties with in a lot of countries really yeah it's what is it a sperm count is going down like crazy in the world as well gosh yeah i heard if sweden because i actually thought of moving, I can't remember which Scandinavian country it is, but it could be Sweden, that there was a village in Sweden where everybody knows that the people that live there have Alzheimer's or dementia. So everybody in the coffee shops and the supermarket 
already knows that if someone comes in and they feel a bit lost, mm. that they need to bring them home and they everybody knows where everybody lives. Is this in Sweden? No, I don't think so. I haven't uh, heard of it. Denmark, maybe. Oh, I've heard of it and I considered moving because you know, at one stage I was collecting my mom from mm. the police station and Ireland is not bad because... They could always find me. They couldn't get home. And she'd always think of asking a police officer about, I, I don't know where I am. So they'd bring her to the station and I'd have to collect her from there later. So in that sense, I'm very grateful. It was a, a wonderful service to have. And they could always mm -hmm. find me. I'd get a call from them to say that she was there waiting. But yeah, it could be, maybe it is Denmark. I, I don't know, but it is a Scandinavian country because I thought, oh, maybe I will have to move there. <laughs> it sounds like Iceland. Iceland, really? It does, because it's a very small place <laughs> and everyone knows everyone. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Iceland has volcanoes. I, I don't think yeah, I want that... to go there. <laughs> no, but they have uh, uh, ponds and such as well. So Yes. My my niece was there. She sent lots of pictures. And yeah. I actually saw a documentary recently about it's New Zealand. There is an island that there is a volcano. Do you know? There's quite a few. New Zealand is pretty much made of, oh, because I am from New Zealand. I used to live in New Zealand. Yes. And New Zealand is basically just made up of volcanoes. So F, F1 erupted. So yeah, there's yeah. I think maybe at White Island, because there was an eruption a few years ago and some people Yes, died. that's I the documentary be, I but... watched. And they were just there beside the crater. And then this black plume started to rise in the air. And a few of them, unfortunately, didn't make it out of the island. But it was horrendous. I, I think, yeah, and I've been to Pompeii. Have any of you been to Pompeii? Yeah, I've been right down. The edge of the Vesuvius, <laughs> long years ago. Many years ago. Don't go again. <laughs> it should be about to explode again, isn't it? But did you think that the place itself has a really eerie feeling to it? Yeah, it does. And I remember from there you could see the ocean and the deep wobbling at that time. They were bubbles. So it, it, you didn't feel very what? secure. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting that you say that because I remember when I went on a school trip in high school, we would go to a place and actually people do live here and the water's always bubbling. It's like the hot pools and it, it, lives, it is on a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess when you're living on a country made up of volcanoes, you just absorb all of the residue. Uh, yeah, you get used to it, isn't it? How long are you in Canada, Alicia? Yeah, I've been in Canada 20, 25 years now, 25 years. But prior to that, like I came to Canada initially, I stayed here for about seven years. That was 19, yeah, that was on the 1970, 1975 actually. And I went back to Spain and we lived there for 18 years or so. And then we came back. So I've been going back and forth, but now 25 years. I've been here for 25 years. And what do you love about Canada? What were the things that um, led you to move from Spain back to Canada? Actually, oh, now or more recently. Yeah, more recently was like our daughters were about uh, to go to university and we thought that would be, and then my husband got the teaching position also here at the university. So we thought, it would be a good experience for them, for all of us at this, at that stage to come back and for them to get this experience, no? And so mm -hmm. it's, it, it's been very positive. It's been very positive. We are happy we did that at that time. But we enjoyed having the children in Spain and growing up there with grandparents and cousins. And it's, mm -hmm. it was nice to be, for them to grow up in a kind of a larger family than just us here in Toronto. So, yeah. Yes, you lose the culture. It's similar to Portuguese culture that yes. you have everyone mixed up. And it's not like that in some other countries. Ireland is quite good 
with it as well. You're going to stay or will you go back to Spain? No, because now we have our grandchildren here. And yeah. so we are stuck here. Basically, <laughs> We like it. We like it. It's beautiful. Like you can be in the city, but you are in the middle of nature. No, you had, it's very beautiful. And we have lots of friends and grandchildren and we keep going to Spain often and we travel quite a lot, but we stick within Toronto for now. Yes. Canadian landscape. Yeah. Every country, I think, has its own beauty. I love Ireland. It's really small, but I think it's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. What about in Sweden? What beautiful things? We have castles. Yay! <laughs> in the center of the city. In the center of the city? Yeah. Very big castle in the center of the city where I live. And that's something that's very rare. Right. Not for Sweden, but for other countries. Okay, so it's common in Sweden? Yeah, it is. Okay. And are these castles, because we do have quite a lot of castles in Portugal and in Spain. There's a stake, so you won't find that many castles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but is the city where you are on an elevated, or, or is it above sea level, like high? Yeah. And we've got a not very good sewer system as well, so we don't have that much flooding. But at the moment, because it's been raining for two months, we have flooding. And you didn't have it in the past. Wow. Things are changing, isn't it? Did you yeah. see the Hawaiian fires? was yeah. awful. Yeah, that's, that's horrible what happened. When, yeah. And here in Glenda, we are having such a horrible year as well with fires. Now it's around yellow night. Are, uh, all the communities are being evacuated. It's, it's very serious as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, a, l a lot of things happening. And then they were so unlucky that the wind was also going in the direction of the town. Yeah, it was devastating to Hardly. see those images. I only saw them yesterday. And so we have a very cute promotion. Yes, we put together a very wonderful promotion. What has been your favorite aspect of putting this promotion together? I think just meeting everyone oh. and collaborating. I've done a promotion in the past, but we never really met. It definitely wasn't as, not necessarily inclusive, but united. It wasn't as united as what we're doing. Everyone's really come on board and wanting to really make the most of this. And I haven't been part of a, a promotion that's been so active and so focused. Yeah, it was wonderful to see also everyone's skills that Alicia was doing the little images for social media and, and Sarah was busy summarizing everyone's uh, book. It, it was really uh, wonderful. It was uh, Grace who did the summarizing. Oh, was it? Great. It was a team effort. It was a team effort. And actually, someone yeah. was already great, so they didn't need this. Was it Paula's? Paula, yeah. I think, who's really good, but she didn't need it. Yeah. Paula. Yeah. Yes, we are missing one person in the group promotion, but she has, I don't know if you've gone to check it out. I went to check out. She has an entire TikTok dedicated to her Boston Terrier. Did you go and see it? Last, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. It is <laughs> so cute. And he dresses up. There. Yeah, and actually, I don't know, did you see, because I did an interview with Paula already, and it went out yesterday, so it's, a, it's actually a pity that she couldn't make it today for us to be all together. But yeah, I really enjoyed, because obviously we are at very different timelines, so every time I got up and I went in there, there was something new for me to see. I really enjoyed seeing the images, the summaries. And I think the, it, it worked well, didn't it, as a collaboration. I've never done actually a big group thing, but I've done it with somebody else. And I always thought that the distribution of work may not have been planned 
in the best way. But this one, I personally didn't have to plan anything, but everything fell into place where everybody says, I'll do this, I'll do that. So it was really wonderful to see that. And I think people will be very happy with the variety of stories that they're getting, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And plus the fun activity books from Grace, which, as I said, I, I got one and I thought they were really cool, even for an adult, or maybe I'm too much of a child. I don't know. But I thought I really got into it. And at, at certain points, it was like, oh, but this one is a difficult one to choose. Are you a cat person or a dog person? But I like them both. What do I do? So I could envisage the discussions and the children getting really excited about stuff. And, how, and some of them were very difficult choices. Grace, would you agree? I did want them to make them because I thought it would be more engaging if some of them were really hard because there's a lot of questions in it. But I'm actually doing another edition of that book and turning it into a competition that people play with one another at the, at the end. I guess that's a thing with books. You keep having ideas until they keep evolving as they go. Absolutely. That is really cool. So it will be a second edition or will it be a completely? It will be a second edition. So I'll get rid of the first edition when I publish this one. A different book again. And I also noticed that it was absolutely wonderful value. He had lots and lots of pages and lots of really cute illustrations. Very sweet. So we have, basically, we have an introduction to a story about bees in general and the problems they face. We have a games book. We have a fussy eaters book with a dragon. Let's not forget. That's very important because it also has a dragon. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Are you like that? That when you're looking at children's books, that if he has a dragon in it, you have to go and check it out. Because yeah. that's what happened when I saw your book. I said, oh my God, somebody else is writing with a dragon. Who is this girl? <laughs> and tell me, do you have any favorite children's book authors that you would like to see interviewed? There's so many. Okay, you can send me a list. I will try and get in touch. <laughs> yeah. Of course. So many. I'm what about you, Alicia? Who who are your favorite children's book authors? Yeah, it's a difficult question. I remember as a kid, I used to love adventures, that kind of stories like Annie Blyton, that kind of the story. famous five. Yes, <laughs> they were popular in Portugal as well. Yes. Yeah, they were very popular in Spain when I grew up. And I don't know, Carly, I like uh, Carly's uh, books for a small kid. So I like his illustrations and the stories. I really like it. For middle grades, I like also Karen English. Like, uh, I love her. I fell in love with her. Do you know that I even went, I was in London for the self-publishing show. Yeah. You must come next year, right? They will do it again. It's probably going to be in June or July. Okay. And they're not sure if it will be in London or if it will be in Cambridge. But it is a really wonderful example. And I met Karen Inglis. Oh, you did? I did. And I had just fallen in love with her book. Do you girls know about this author? She has a book called Secret Lake. Yes. And it's beautiful, it's so simple, but it's so beautifully crafted, put together. There is a time element to it. So I met her at the conference and then I went to visit Isabella Plantation, which is where the setting of her book is. But of course, I couldn't see all the flowers, crimson and pinks and colors But I did see lots of ducks and the lake was beautiful still. But she has footage on her own channel. She has a YouTube channel. 
and you can go in there and see it. It's absolutely spectacular. But for that, we have to be in London for May, apparently, because I missed it. I was there in June and all the flowers were gone already. So, yes, we'll probably ask her to come on the podcast for sure. She has a, a little book. I can't remember now. I haven't got it yet to help authors. I'm not sure if it's marketing. Yes, it is because I have the book. Do you? Yes, I did. I did buy the book. Yes, I for marketing, she has a book. And I also got another one from Evie Jones. She's an author. She's published many books. And she has a marketing book as well for self-published authors. And she has good stuff as well. Helpful, helpful. Because I don't know about you, but I find the marketing the most difficult part. Because <laughs> I, I agree on that. <laughs> is it a, a general thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's easier for you, maybe, Alicia, because you are so good at putting those little promo images together. Yeah, actually, yeah. I am. I have a background in marketing. I work in marketing mm-hmm. for forever, but <clears throat> I work for mainly the aerospace uh, sector, which is very different from the publishing sector. I was involved in the publishing sector too for about five years, but uh, that was a long time ago in Spain. So really now it's almost like a starting afresh because the sector is, is really different. The, the way you approach things and the, the audience, everything is different. Are you finding it that there, is, there are some transferable skills that... Yeah. Definitely. But when you are approaching it, when you are writing or when you are thinking of how to present something, you have to, the the audience is very different. So you have to do it in a different way. No, even the channels that you use for social media, it's a bit different. Like I was Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn, for example, that's where I would do a lot of the work. But, but now with this, I am just really, I had to have a Facebook page. Like it's very different. Like you, you have yes. to expand in different channels, which I had not needed to before. Yes, it's a, a very steep learning curve, isn't it? And every kind of month there is something new. I don't know, Grace, do you plan to do audio of your book? No? No. What about you, Sarah and Alicia? No. No? Unless this one person, that's Stephen Fry, if he would do it. <laughs> really? Oh, you swear, business. Yeah. Uh, I see what you mean. It will probably be really pricey. Yeah. You never know. You might win a competition. Yes, he's super, business. And, and the fabulous writer as well, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, what was it? Mythos. Yeah. Did you read his last? It may not be his last, actually, but yeah, he loves his mythology. Oh, he's fantastic. He wrote a book about Norse mythology. History. He did, he did, absolutely. Yeah. I love him as well. <laughs> and uh, I read the book. <laughs> very good, excellent. But you can't remember the book. I can't Too remember much detail. about it. <laughs> yes, what, is anybody watching Sandman? Is it Sandman that's on yeah, Netflix? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah? It was really mm-hmm. good. I... Yeah, it was a bit gory sometimes. For example, when they're in the restaurant, that scene is, it gets out of control. Uh-huh. It gets very gory. But you enjoyed it? I enjoyed maybe not the gory part. Okay. <laughs> no, it's funny because only, I think I started, I haven't actually finished. I s- discovered this place on YouTube where someone read stories as bedtime stories so I was listening to Caroline by Neil Gaiman and the guy has an absolutely wonderful voice yeah I think I know who it is Uh, I don't remember his name but I can't either but when I find it I'll share it with you because it really is uh, wonderful yeah I love Neil Gaiman very much yeah as well what about you, Alicia, of a grown-up 
authors, which I don't think the ones we're talking about that grown up, isn't it? <laughs> That's so with their imagination. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It, it depends. I don't know. I wouldn't, doesn't come now any in, in a specific to my mind. What about Spanish authors? Yeah, I would think that one, one author, one Spanish author I liked, he's from Argentina. It's Julio Cortaza. I don't know whether. I don't know him. Yeah, he, he's, he's very good, actually. He's, and there are so many. Garcia Marquez. Ah, yes. Real Garcia Marquez. Yeah. I don't know. It's, is, I, is any of you reading something now that has, um, I don't know. I, I love the discovering new authors. I'm not reading any fiction books at the moment, but I'm reading some non-fiction books. Oh, absolutely. Everything counts. What are you reading? What non-fiction are you reading? I'm reading Atomic Habits, and then I was reading one of Napoleon Hill's books. It's not good to swap between the two because they're both quite deep, but I need to choose one to stick to and finish that one. But I do non-fiction books. Sure, absolutely. I do too. I've read Atomic Habits. Are you taking notes? When something like really uh, reaches your heart as advice that you want to implement, do you make a note? I should. I read when I first wake up in the morning and I'm reading it and I'm not usually the most, it's not my most productive time at that point. I probably need to set a specific time during the day, probably at night, where all I'm doing is reading and then I'll be able to do it more proactively as opposed to just reading as I'm trying to wake myself. So you actually read to wake yourself up. I'm the other way yeah, around. I read to put the... myself to sleep and then the next day I have to go back. I don't know how many pages. Wow. I've never actually heard of that. Waking yourself up. It's reading. like a soothing start to the day. You're being productive. I guess because I'm reading fiction books as well. So it feels like I'm doing something whilst also trying to get out of bed. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Do you all get up early? No. <laughs> School is about to start. I will have to. It depends. Uh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Some days, yes. Other days, no. <laughs> and how do you start your day? I start my day by eating breakfast, having my tea or water preferably. That is good to wake up your organs, isn't it? Yeah. That's what my Kung Fu teacher tells me. Yeah. Food, healthy food and a good glass of water. That's brilliant. And then you go about your day. Yeah, I do. I get what ready. What you, Alicia? More or less the same, but instead of tea, I have coffee. I cannot do without the coffee in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm weird. I don't need it writer. I, I don't have caffeine really that much. Like this, I can understand. The only time I like coffee is when it's um, in tiramisu. Apart from that, it's not my cup of tea. That is hard to understand. I love the smell of coffee. I don't actually need the effect. So I've actually gone off caffeine altogether. And yeah. I'm addicted to coconut lattes because I don't actually like the taste of decaffeinated coffee. But if you put coconut latte, you don't notice it. You still have green tea or no caffeine at all? I, I would have green tea, yeah. But um, I don't actually have it very often, although I am starting a study with my Kung Fu teacher of about tea ceremonies from white tea all the way to black tea and that each quality of tea, you should have your own teapot for it. I'm going that way that maybe in three years time, all I will drink is all these different teas and I will have all these different teapots. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's you really a red tea. Because red that... tea. Well, yeah, because you have that much caffeine in it. Okay. Yeah. Rooibos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My mom takes that. Yeah. Very nice. I, like I have a friend of mine that can't take caffeine at all, and she only drinks red tea. Wow. Uh, 
red tea. Mm. It's also very popular in South Africa. Everybody drinks rooibos. Yeah. I think it grow, it's grown in South Africa. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. It's a national thing. My, my mom and my brother lived uh, in South Africa for many years. Yeah, my brother is now in California and my mom is here with me. Yeah. So what about plans for the future? When are the next books ready and coming? We have one almost ready, but I have to do all the illustrations. So oh, that- so it's at least three months. At least three months, but the book is ready, almost ready. So that will be a third book on the Boku series. Wonderful. This one, it's uh, more about uh, prejudice, uh, stereotypes, uh, tolerance. It's just a little bit uh, different uh, topics, but but it will be on the same style. Okay. What about you, Sarah? Mine is in here. It's only 45 minutes, not to take it down. <laughs> I don't know it's going to take me a while. I, I've had had reader's block for about two years now. Really? What's that like? Tell me about... Did you say reader's block? Did you, is that what you said? Writer's block. Oh, okay. I was like, wow, you can't read. Okay. So I've bought a book that is post-battle, writer's block, really well, and actually working I'm finally feeling the urge to keep on writing and to just get in there and I've started write poems it's wonderful what's the book called you know? yeah I was thinking yeah I'd love to know what the book is look at that the war of art break through the blocks Whoa. and win your inner creative battles okay I'm Looks making like a note of that just in case yeah. Well, I feel like anyone could benefit from that book because we all have so much creativity and capacity in front of us, inside of us, but it can be really hard to access. So I'm sure that many people would be blessed by that. Absolutely. And I stopped writing and it took me ages to figure out why did I stop writing? And it was because I kept on getting so many no's from publishers and from magazines trying to publish short stories and poems, etc. It was disheartening. Being discouraged. Yeah, exactly. And lost the faith in my own writing. Stop seeing what's the point. It's uh-huh. Deep thinking, really. But it's all in there if you just take time and try to recollect why am I doing what I'm doing. Why mm-hmm. have I stopped writing? And because I know that now I've started writing again. And what technique or what thing did the this book, The War of Art, give you that really made a difference? It made me look at myself and think, what is going on? Why am I doing the way what I'm doing? Why am I not writing? This is my passion. Well, it's my greatest passion. Why am I not performing it? That was what it did for me. And also tells you that writer's block is actually a form of resistance. And what did you figure out you were resisting? To be myself. Oh, that's huge, isn't it? It is very huge. Massive. Wow, Mm -hmm. congratulations. What's the name of this author, The War of Art? Stephen Pressfield. Gosh, I think I've heard this name before. Mm. Yeah, thank you very much. I have my own shop and I wonder how do you see yourself having your own shop in the future? I would like to because I don't want to be reliant on Amazon, but I feel like if I'd like to get the basics mastered first because I feel like going and launching my own store would be another mountain that oh, is best down the track. Yeah. Sure it is. I, I can tell you, and I got a lot of help. My partner is quite savvy. I did the inputting things, the boring work, and that in itself would put you off anything in life. Yeah. <laughs> you have to think wisely. 
but now it's done anyway. And yeah, I hope that people will support it because I also did merchandise with the characters of the books. Oh, and they also can get free stuff. I'm actually, I tell you what my next project is, although I'm so upset with Amazon. So I, I relaunched my first book because it has a new cover. And I did do some rewrites as well, because if I was going to pay for a new ISBN number and do a new launch, I may as well uh, give it another look. And my two weeks, of the launch are gone and the books are still not connected. Oh. So last night on a fit of desperation, I got on to customer care and we've spent, I could say easily three or four hours previously trying to address this issue on the, with an agent talking. Mm -hmm. So it turns out I did screenshots of the whole conversation because it was just incredible. So the person that we talked before did it wrong. So the books are still not going to be linked and the link was wrong. So this chap seemed to know what he was doing. So he redid the links and he said, I can speed it up for a couple of days instead of the seven to 10 days that it normally takes. I said, yes, that would help because otherwise I'd be missing out on the promotion as well. So he's going to try and help. But in that sense, then with your own shop, you upload it and it's dead simple to upload your books mm. into it. And you don't have this because that's what I find. It's a lot of time you have to spend speaking with these people to try and solve a problem, which now I've, I've lost all my promotion for the two weeks that Amazon gives you like a little boost. I've lost it all because the links weren't done. I hope, hopefully they will be ready for this promotion. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it anyway. I think it's a really cute package that we are offering. The stories are varied. The ages. Yeah are very so yeah hopefully we'll do well wishing you all the best <laughs> on our little adventure you too do you think we we should do more in the future definitely because i have more, I have more ideas <laughs> you do yeah i have so many ideas of what to write the next book is going to be about potty trade right oh Excited. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. So you already have the idea. Yeah. Alicia is three months away from getting those illustrations. Grace, you're reissuing a second edition. Yes, that's true. And then I've got the book for eight to ten year olds. And I do think that if we do another one, the more that we do together, the more our audience will get to know us as a group. And that could actually help further yeah. all of our brains. Sure. Absolutely. And we can always come together for a little chat to update people because I think it's nice to have a way to tell people what we're doing and yeah, just to have more contact with them. And I think through conversation, I thought was a nice way. I wanted to meet you all because although I have signed up for all the platforms and this and that, I still find I'm one of these people that if you send me an email, I will print it to read it. And I know that it's not good for the trees, but I've planted seven trees this year. I try my best to compensate. So I do like the physical and then we could do a promotion party that we have questions. I did a couple for the two releases that I did before. I had these crochet little dragons made. Oh. And so they can be in a promotion as well. Oh, that is wonderful. I wanted to do that of the dragon as well. Did you? Because mine is like a rainbow dragon. Yours is a green one. Yeah, it's in like I had these made. It's a Polish lady that lives right. in Cork in the south of Ireland. And she is, I wish you could see it. You can possibly see it if you go on my website and see 
the promotion because I did that for the live that I asked them, what are the first two words of page 13? And then they can enter the promotion to win the little dragon. So, yeah. And if we have two dragons to give away, we'll be even a better promotion next time, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So is there anything else you would like to say to our wonderful listeners? Thank you for listening so far. And is there any last thoughts, any last messages for our listeners? Good luck. Yes, for the winner. Okay. Thank you for for having us. Uh, It has been a real pleasure. Really wonderful to hear your voices because that's another thing I thought, Alicia, you, you do sound Spanish, but I didn't know that you sound Spanish. It's just from your name. Right. Also, she did say she was Sweden and I thought, oh, let's do it. And what language do they speak in Ghana? Speak lots of different dialects. Um, Do you know any? I'm learning Fante, which is my mum's dialect. Yes. And do you know how to say good luck in Fante? No, I don't know what the lack is. Um, Okay. We can have at least three languages. So thank you for listening. Yes, come back. We'll be releasing more of these episodes. Check out our Facebooks. We are going to have live launch promos. And I will say good luck. And in Portuguese, that would be boa sorte. What it is in Swedish? Chatil. Licatil. And Spanish? It's in Catalan. That's my mother tongue. Bona sorte. Bona sorte. Boa sorte. Okay, similar to Portuguese, isn't it? Yes. Catalan is closer to Portuguese than Spanish, isn't it? Yeah, we say also bon dia, which is very bon similar. Di- uh-huh, bon dia. Oh, really? Wow. So we've discovered. Wonderful. Talk to you later. Did you know that only 24% of people subscribe to the podcasts they listen to? Hit the bell icon to stay updated. And if you love the content, let others discover the podcast by leaving a review. Your support is crucial and very much appreciated. Thank you for listening.